lockdown. Stan, a warm welcome to the show and thank you for your time. Thanks, Romy. Nice to be on the show. Good to have you. Day three, um, cabin fever yet? No. Look, from a selfish perspective, uh, I'm in heaven. I'm with my wife and kids, my favorite people in the world, Mm. (laughs) and uh, no interference. But obviously a lot of concern about the economy, the health of people, yeah. uh, you know, the mental well-being, and especially the safety of the elderly, you know, my mom, and my wife's mom, mm. all our parents and grandparents, they're all on their own at the moment, forced into this isolation situation. And it's a good reminder that, uh, you know, sport and entertainment and recreation, it's all good, but what really counts is our loved ones, and it's quite sobering and uh, I think a very serious and somber time for everybody. Yeah, it is. I was talking to the different administrators in terms of sport, and they all say the same thing. Like you said, from a selfish perspective, you're at home with the people that you love most. Um, And while that, on one hand, is a good thing, on the other hand, has the amount of paperwork and things that you need to do really increased rather than decreased? Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, from a football operations perspective, a lot of our stuff is done out in the field, at the training ground, at the stadium, in the communities, doing the marketing. Uh, You know, running a club doesn't take place from an office. But there is an admin end and there is a back end. I think we've managed quite well as a club uh, to overcome that. We've got a good app that we all log on to every day at various times of the day in small groups and big groups. Um, our players are uh, on a, a WhatsApp group with our uh, exercise scientist and, and biokineticist, and they're posting uh, every single day their different videos and things that they have to do. I mean, I saw on Sky News last night Tottenham Hotspur, uh, you know, bragging about some of the online stuff that they're doing. We've been doing it for a week, so mm. we're pretty chuffed. Uh, Go ahead and brag team. as well, Stan. I must brag because yeah. <laughs> our technical team, uh, you know, Dr. John Patricios and Kubis Devetu driving it with Bafana Sitlali, our, our physiotherapist, um, they're doing a wonderful job of, of, of adapting and innovating. And I think a, a great example of, of uh, how we as, as mankind generally, you know, we adapt to situations and it's something that we didn't really want and didn't foresee. But from a technical perspective, as good as it can be, uh, the players are doing what they have to do. They're burpees mm. in their living rooms. They're jogging up their stairs. They're running in their driveways. They're posting their heart rate and their workload every day on their Fitbit monitors and uh, on their smartwatches. So technology's given us a little bit of a gift yeah. in that way. Yeah. I think all of a sudden we're all on Zoom and we're all uh, FaceTiming. And, and thank God, you know, that we can have that connectivity mm. Mm. Um, at this difficult time. You talk about doing really well online and coming together on that online community to still be in touch with each other. But in reality, before we had a lockdown, Supersport United were doing very well. I mean, third on the log, 40 points and eight points behind log leaders. Yeah, uh, we, we, we're happy as a club. We've won a trophy, you know, winning the MTN in our third consecutive final was something we're very, very proud of. In a way, we're under less pressure than all the other teams in terms of being anxious about the final six games because... We can't really win the league and and we can't really be relegated. So we're in a in a kind of also, again, a selfish position of not being as anxious as maybe the front three and Vitz maybe as well, mm. uh, you know, about winning the league and certainly not the bottom four or five that are looking over their shoulders and wondering 
you also got to think about Ajax in the National First Division, so close to making a quick uh, and deserved return to the Premier League. And yeah. now they've got to sit on tenter hooks, hoping that things have to don't go into an off-the-field mm. realm. So mm. there's a lot of anxiety uh, in the industry, but we still have time on our side, which is something that hasn't been afforded to other industries. And, you know, I've got family members and, uh, you know, direct family members that are deeply affected by this, losing money by the day, having to still cover expenses, rentals, rates and taxes, insurances yeah. and other things, um, but no money coming in. So please, God, you know, we can all get through this crisis uh, uh, in uh, with as minimal uh, damage as possible, and especially us in football, we want to see results on the field of play, mm, mm. and not have to play out in a boardroom or some kind of calculation by scientists. That's not what we after. We, you know, we don't want to be going to the court of arbitration in Switzerland. We don't want to be facing high court appeals about how things were resolved when they aren't resolved on the field mm, of playing sporting mm, justice. Mm, so, mm. From, you know, from our perspective, we're going to be hopeful that we can continue and finish the season whenever it may be. Uh, but right now, in our, our, our priorities, uh, obeying this lockdown, uh, using it as an educational platform uh, internally as a club uh, to grow ourselves and our departments and uh, our accountability on a daily basis, even though... You know, seemingly uh, everything's come to a standstill. That's not how it works in a football mm. club. There's mm. a lot of communication with stakeholders, with sponsors, with stadium um, management, with our supporters, especially yeah, yeah. with our youth academy, our soccer schools, our junior academy, uh, our admin team. Everyone's hard at work uh, trying to get through this in the best way that we can. Mm. And mm. I think that the, the spirit uh, of South Africa has been good. And, and hopefully football's playing a part in, in shaping that widespread culture of trying to get through this, um, you know, as smoothly and as, and, and as quickly and as, as efficiently as possible. as possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've said a mouthful there just in terms of everyone that is affected. It isn't just sport that comes to the, a standstill, but the entire country has. Small businesses are suffering. What happens in terms of players and their contracts now? Da, I mean, is this sort of deemed or seen as a natural disaster, COVID-19? Because none of us ever expected um, for, for, for it to literally bring football to its knees. I think, Romy, we, we, we're very fortunate and privileged in South African football in a small, ironic way. Everybody's always bashing us that we don't have so many fans through the turnstiles. But the reality is, in a place like England, the clubs that aren't having matches are losing hundreds and thousands of pounds at the turnstiles. Mm. Uh, for many of us, not playing games actually saves us money because we run at a loss. Mm. And um, and the majority of our money comes from our television rights. Uh, you know, So I think for us, we're very concerned about giving a bang for our buck to our sponsors because during this time, we've got to find creative ways of giving our sponsors a return on investment, even though there are no matches. And there hopefully will be those matches to be played and to be cut, to be caught up. But at the end of the day, you know, sponsors have planned ad campaigns and other things which have all come to a halt. So we're very mindful about their investment. We're very mindful that our TV grants deal really only offers us security till the 30th of June, mm. because after that, it's a new season and we don't know where we're going to be. And if clubs are faced with a situation where the grants aren't going to be the same, but they still have to meet all their financial obligations, wow. then it's something hideous that we have to look at and say, it's not, you know, if you look at our brothers in, in rugby and cricket, mm. they're taking pay knocks now because they're reliant on the gate money of the Super 14, of, of Super Rugby, uh, of test matches, of T20s, 
And those things aren't happening now, so there's no money coming in. So how can people get paid when there's no income? Right. There's, there's only expenses. So that, that problem we've been shielded from at the moment, but that's not going to be a never-ending shield. And I think it's something we're mindful of. And, and, you know, from our club perspective, and I can only speak from our club perspective, but we've guaranteed our players um, their contracts, you know, until the end of the season, you know, absolutely unaffected because yes. we don't foresee that our budgets are going to be unaffected before the 30th of June, which which is the financial period that we budget on, you know, per season or 31 July even. Mm. So we still have time on our side three, four months. But if this thing extends and if the knock-on effect of the economy, you know, hurts sponsors and hurts people, which it is, and it's certainly going to hurt the man in the street mm. and his capacity to come to matches, we are going to be affected. Yes. And that is going to affect the ability of clubs to take on extra players, to honor contracts, to be forced to sell players. That's the harsh reality of the industry in we, that we're in. And, and that's something that we as clubs are going to have to look at and say, right, you know, um, we're going to have to fast track some of our multi-choice disky challenge players. We're going to have to trade out in free agents. We're going to have to cut the cloth and, and, and lose out on one or two players because we, we need to be realistic about what we can and can't afford as clubs, mm. as opposed to extending ourselves to try to keep up with the next guy because, you know, we want to finish second instead of fourth or third instead of fifth. And that's why for us as a club, we've tried to be sensible over the years to say, we'll have a dart at Cups, which we've been successful in doing. Uh, we'll try and be consistent in terms of finishing in the top eight, which we've been successful in doing. And we'll learn to let go of our players when they become too big for our club and the wage bracket becomes too financially onerous. Um, and we'll sell to the big three, which we've been successful in doing. So I think from our perspective, it's about knowing who we are. We're not trying to shoot the lights out as a football club. Yeah. Uh, we're, a, we're a small club that punches above our weight and we want to carry on being that kind of club that makes that kind of positive impact uh, in South African soccer without necessarily ever aspiring to be one of the big three. Um, you know, we're, we're still young. We're, we're 20 odd years mm. as a club. Uh, I think in 2022, we'll celebrate our 25th anniversary at Supersport United and that's not a long time compared to the other clubs so we're very happy about where we are we've got a small loyal group of supporters we've got a, a great academy we've got a great soccer school and uh, and we feel that we're doing you know the, the, the small steps that we have to do uh, correctly uh, looking after our, trying to look, look after our players the best that we can and, and make a, a positive impact in yeah. South African sporting landscape. Yeah. Do you think, though, I mean, as we sit here on day three, not having ever in our wildest dreams dreamt that this is where we're going to be, but because of the coronavirus, the face of football in South Africa will forever be changed? Well, you know, it depends on how the season pans out because there might be legal precedents and other things that we have to contend with. I certainly think that from an online technology remote point of view, we could make a lot of strides forward. I mean, uh, things that we didn't need to do before, for example, in our soccer schools, we're coaching 6,000 kids a week um, in face-to-face contact. Now we've been forced into shutdown. Our soccer schools are churning out online videos and and other stuff, which we were, to say, lazy before, but it wasn't really necessary before because, you know, the real action is when you're out with teammates facing dynamics, facing social situations, facing leadership situations, facing frustration, facing defeat, learning lessons when you win, when you lose, how to deal with your coach, how to be 
in a social environment, which is not possible all the time over a screen yeah. and over technology. But certainly from a monitoring and communications perspective, I think we can take a big step forward as an industry. I think education is going to take a big step forward. I've seen my kids every day online and learning in school, and I think that the whole school system could and should be revolutionized through this because a lot of children would be a lot happier, a lot healthier, and a lot more productive in a home environment uh, um, without necessarily being subjected to a lot of the social things that we see in, in many of the schools these days, and it would e- certainly ease the uh, the load on teachers and, and, and schooling if we had more online platforms, mm. if not for primary education, then certainly for supplementary education mm. and for specific niche education. So I think that this virus is throwing us up a lot of horrible scenarios and first-time nightmares, but it's also offering us solutions that will take us forward stronger as, as, as a people and hopefully as a football club as well. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the players because you've been quite competitive in the market also. The renewal of contracts, especially uh, Modiba, Williams and, and Mokwena. Well, I mean, they're our starlets. Mm. They're, uh, they in many ways represent so much of what the club is about. Ronwin joined us as a 12-year-old young boy. Um, his parents entrusted him into our academy. He lived in our academy house for eight years. He's been under our supervision uh, uh, all that time, and he's come through as a Bafana number one and PSL goalkeeper of the year. And that means that our staff and our people and everybody who helped raise him since he was a small boy mm-hmm. have done a fantastic job and shown that they can do it. They've replicated it to Bojo. He's been with us since he's 15 years old. And he's now an, an under-23 Olympic international. And, and for his age, you know, definitely uh, one of the top five star, young stars in the PSL today. Um, in Bruli, so exciting and dynamic. And not just him. We've we extended young Lungu, the Zambian. Uh, we've got Luke Fleurs, the young 19-year-old center back uh, on a long-term contract. Uh, so, you know, we've, uh, Jamie Weber is uh, on, on an extended deal. Uh, young Oswin Apollos is on an extended deal. So we've done the best that we can to lock in the younger players uh, for a longer period of time. They still need time. They're not anywhere near their maturation level. And, and, you know, pacing uh, uh, them, getting to that mature level while losing over the next couple of, um, you know, months, we're going to lose Dean Furman. In the next couple of years, we're going to lose Clayton Daniels and Bashira and and Bongani Kumala. And, And those are our senior stalwarts, Bradley Krobler can't go forever. So, you know, that kind of uh, element to the team we have to pay attention to, to try to find younger players who over the next two years can take over the mantle from players like that. Mm-hmm. Is Furman leaving? Yes, he's leaving. He's going to start a family with his wife, Tash. She's already in the UK and, um, and he'll be going as soon as the season's complete and hopefully sooner than later. We've also said to him that if it gets to a point that the season's going to be drawn out, and he's going to miss the birth of his child. That you know, we would rather that he takes care of his family situation. That's so important, and mm. something that's important to him and his and, and his family, and something we agreed to when he came. So you know, if it means losing Dean for the last six games, so then Tebza will play in the holding role, and Abuli will play, and Aubrey will play, and Mahachi will play, and we've got plenty of players. Jesse Don will play, another good youngster that's going to be with us for a long time. So mm-hmm. we're not uh, in any way. A concerned uh, Dean's life and his family life come, f- come first. He's mm-hmm. been an exemplary leader and a wonderful captain and a great role model on and off the field. 
for for uh, our football club, and certainly yeah. would go down in in the annals for me as one of the greatest captains mm. we've ever had. Mm. Jeremy Brocky, though, word on him wanting to come back uh, to Supersport with not getting enough game time, uh, as he would like out at Maritzburg. Yeah, look, Jeremy uh, uh, put himself in our history books, the second highest goal scorer, uh, you know, of all time. And if he hadn't left, I've got no doubt he would have gone past Russell Amani's record and, and been the all-time record goal scorer. Unfortunately, you know, he was lured by, by Sundowns, and, and that comes with risks. And, mm. you know, when you go to Sundowns, you have to know that every few, every transfer window, Pizzo is ambitious, and Pizzo uh, is always looking for better and is always going to find better. So it's a revolving door there, and uh, he took his chances. Uh, but, you know, by the time he wanted to come back, as much as we would have liked for him to come back, I think the ship had sailed, and... You know, Bradley Krobler had taken over that mantle as the lead striker. Mm, mm, and mm. Um, it was uh, difficult for us to, to, to motivate for Jeremy to come back. I think he's a great young man and um, a good goal scorer. And it's a, it's a pity that things worked out the way that they did. And who knows? You know, football, the world, uh, the ball is round and uh, it's, a, it's a funny place. So you never know. Yeah. Uh, he's a South African now. And uh, if Jeremy was free... I wouldn't hesitate to sign him, but I couldn't get embroiled in a negotiation, you know, for somebody that I just let go um, not too long earlier. So, but if Jeremy's free, available, South African, fit, um, you know, why wouldn't we want him to play for us again? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, Stan, you and I can talk forever. Thank you very much for uh, taking our call today. Before I let you go, were you one of the people that bought way too many toilet paper? No, oh, uh, I didn't need to uh, do that. <laughs> uh, but my wife did buy way too many uh, chocolates and sweets. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing a wrong. A little bit of a problem. I'll have to be posting my videos online to the <laughs> biokineticist. He's going to be ashamed of me. You're going to have to yeah, join in on that and, and follow that program. But Stan, thank you. Thank you for chatting to us here at Radio 2000 and always just picking up the phone when we call. We appreciate you. No worries. Thanks very much. All You're the welcome. best. Thank you. Stan Matthews there uh, from uh, Supersport United, the CEO, talking to us about uh, everything that matters. And it isn't as cut and dry as you and I think it is, but nice to know that Supersport players will be covered uh, until the end of the season. They're saying June 30th, and if anything prolongs and the league doesn't kick off by then, um, you know, or finish by then, then it's a whole nother ball game altogether, uh, you know, with different stakeholders sitting around that table, that very table that brought sport to a halt, that brought football to where it is, uh, postponed until further notice. We've made it to day three of the 21-day lockdown. Current cases are 1,187 people infected with coronavirus. Also, some good news that I share with you is that the ranch out in Apulukwane has been declared coronavirus-free by President Cyril Ramaphosa. So that is nice to know. Like I said, uh, it's not all doom and gloom. We have to be reporting on the good news as well. So there is hope, there is light at the end of this tunnel. We're interactive, please. 60